episode of the Southside Trap Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay outside with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra, ready to recap another Chicago Red Stars victory. Chicago Red Stars defeat Washington Spirit on a rainy day in Bridgeview. Three to one. A lot of great stuff in this match to talk about. We're going to unpack it all here, and I couldn't do it alone. No one could ever do anything alone, so I am here tonight with my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Walken, a.k.a. Scam Originator. How you doing tonight, Claire? Good. Merry Clinchmas. It's going down. Chicago Red Stars clinched a playoff appearance, their fifth consecutive playoff appearance in NWSL history. That's never been done before. Uh, they started setting the trend last year, really. No team had made it four times in a row, and now no, no team has made it five times in a row. It's pretty, pretty dope, man. Uh, yeah, Saturday was wild all around. Uh, I don't know if you and I showed up to that match knowing really what to expect, but something definitely happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we. it was the thing. Remember the thing that we said right after we stopped recording last week about the spirit? They, uh, we called them slippery. They're a slippery yeah. kind of team to play. Um, for Chicago specifically, Chicago has a pretty bad record against the Spirit, like all time. So, um, not bad, but they they get sniped by them occasionally, especially when Crystal Dunn used to play for them. Um, so yeah, we didn't really know what to expect. They were also, I mean, the Spirit were the best team that Chicago played since Portland. Oh. Um, so yeah, didn't really know. But, uh, man, they uh, they showed up, didn't they? Yeah. No, they did. I know in our uh, our, our preview uh, last week for last episode, for those of you who may have uh, missed or need a quick refresher, I know for, for last week we said all these things, um, you know, how we sort of felt about the spirit, who we were sort of looking for, um, certain players even on the spirit side that uh, we were going to be keeping an eye on because maybe we hadn't seen them in a little, little while, players like Will Savelle, you know, obviously, and uh, like, like Mel Pugh. Um, but yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of good stuff. Honestly, just uh, leading up into this match day, really, which I'm going to talk about very briefly before we sort of get into the actual uh, Red Stars gameplay here. Um, but really dope stuff. Uh, the Red Stars uh, went into this match day coming off of an eight-day, uh, three-game week, and they were finally back home in Bridgeview because two of those games were away and on the road and on the East Coast. So they were finally back home in Chicago to have this game and everything leading up to this match was uh, a lot of fun stuff surrounding it. There was a really cool sort of a uh, super co tailgate between uh, supporters of group Chicago local one, three, four and ESPN's uh, Sarah Spain. And uh, if you were able to attend that, it was a really good vibe, really great turnout. Uh, they had a lot of good stuff going on, but Budweiser showed up as well to sort of um, keep everyone, you know, nice and loose. We'll, we'll just say that, and uh, had a lot of little games there and stuff for, for families who wanted to attend. So that was really, really cool to see. Um, all that stuff just adds to sort of the uh, game day environment, and that stuff is important with for uh, professional sports. So it was really, really cool. Shout out to everyone that I got to see very, very briefly before I had to go run in and uh, work <laughs> the game. Uh, but such is the life, right? Yeah, I didn't, but, uh, uh, I didn't yeah. get to go hang out because I was spending two hours getting to the stadium. <laughs> Yeah, it's just a day in the life, right? Yeah. yeah. No, it was dope. If you guys uh, aren't able to get to, uh, you know, the games early enough to tailgate, uh, maybe a future goal, right? Because there's only one game left. But a future goal, if if you're able to, you know, make time to get to the stadium earlier to do some tailgating, um, 
you should definitely do it because it's a good time and uh, you've been missing out on some some good people and some some good vibes. Uh, there's always some great baked goods and uh, definitely had some before I left. It's, it's always nice to be fed before you you go and do this thing. So uh, shout out to everyone who was there and I thought it was a nice nice sort of segue into this match. Uh, kind of a gloomy, cloudy day. There was definitely some rain. We were wondering if it was going to hold off or, and then we just sort of knew, well, it's going to hit us like that. The, it, the rain's going to come. It's going to happen. And, uh, you got to kind of wonder what sort of the, the vibe and all the excitement that was leading into this match, uh, just sort of talking about attendance, like what that could have looked like, you know, for the rest of us, if it wasn't so kind of crummy like that, cause you're talking over 4,000 people came out to this match and, um, you know, you're talking about like a Saturday night. That's that that big marquee type of time frame that you know a lot of pro sports teams are they look for. You know, as far as like hosting home matches and stuff like that. So, um, really, really impressive considering the weather. But uh, the Red Stars and several other NWSL teams were all playing games on this Saturday. So a number of scenarios were in play for this specific day. Uh, a number of teams could have got eliminated, you know, from playoff and a number of teams could have clinched. So there was a lot of number crunching and stuff like that that was happening sort of post-game and stuff like that. And uh, two teams this weekend actually ended up clinching with both the Red Stars and the Thorns after sort of everything was said yeah. and done. I mean, we're, uh, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but I literally just realized this very moment that they clinched Portland and Chicago are going to play each other. We just don't know where. Exactly. So yeah. positioning is definitely still in play. And we're going to get into that as we preview right, right, the right, rest right. of our <laughs> final match. Uh, I, I, you know, we're just sort of like talking about sort of the stuff that is surrounding this game. But as far as this particular match, got to play the game in front of you. And the Red Stars were coming off of this three-game win streak, right? Off of this hell week that we talked about that we both admitted that we were a little bit nervous about. And finally home, take on the Washington Spirit. And at kickoff, we uh, got to see the following starting 11 for the Red Stars. We saw Alyssa Nair in net, uh, Casey Short, Tanner Davidson, Julie Ertz, Sarah Gordon rounding out that back line, uh, Danny Colaprico, Morgan Bryant, Savannah McCaskill, Yuki Nagasato, Katie Johnson, and Sam Kerr rounding out this starting 11. Uh Aaron Wright and Vanessa DiBernardo were uh, kept out as precaution for due to the illness that they're uh, getting over. And you know what? You're talking about two longtime Red Stars, uh, two basically two starters. And seeing this lineup that the Red Stars rolled out with, you're looking at it and you're like, mm, that's a nice lineup still. Like this is a lineup that could get the job done. And uh, it was nice for me. I know in last week's episode, uh, when we're talking about players having an impact in a, in a match, I sort of kept it very general. And I said the back line that moved like the, this particular rotation of back line players with Short, Davidson, Ertz, and Gordon have been this back line uh, for the last handful of games or so. And coming into this match, Alyssa Nair had six uh, shutouts, and this particular personnel. Uh, accounted for three of those so I was just kind of like you know I really wanted to see a re another really good performance from this particular back line against a team in the hunt so I was happy when this uh, lineup rolled out that this was still sort of the back line that happened uh, what were some of your impressions of this uh, starting 11 when it rolled out Claire yeah I mean I think it's good I mean we talked about this a little bit um you know after the game it sounded you know Rory Dames said that uh Vanessa DiRonardo 
is on the upswing. Erin Wright, it sounds like whatever she's been dealing with is a little bit more, I mean, I don't want to call it serious, but a little bit more, I guess, debilitating. Um, so, you know, if if Erin Wright is hopefully able to find her way back to the starting lineup before this year's over, um, I don't think she's going to be playing defense. I think that if she's coming back in, she's going to be um, going forward because I think this is – this is Chicago's. I think this is Chicago's defense. Um, even just uh, even stats wise, what Sarah Gordon has been doing in that outside back spot since she slid out there um, has been incredibly solid. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I thought it was interesting. I think um, having both Johnson and McCaskill in the starting lineup was really interesting because uh, we they were either going to kind of you know show up and show off, or they weren't. You know, we've seen them kind of do both this season. And then, um, yeah, I – and then also just what Washington came out with uh, was a very attacking team. So I knew that the defense was going to have to be – Danny Colaprico was going to have, have to have a good game at the six, and then um, the defense was going to have to be solid. With Washington starting 11, I think – yeah, we both can agree that, like, look, I think looking at Washington starting 11, I'm, I'm just going to run down it really quickly for people who maybe don't remember. They had uh, Aubrey Bledsoe and Annette uh, Farkasson, Samantha Staub, Paige Nielsen, Tori Huster, Roosevelt, Andy Sullivan, Chloe Legarzo, Shannon Matthews, Ashley Hatch, and Mel Pugh uh, running out their 11. And I remember looking at that 11 and feeling like, hmm, this starting 11 is very promising and looks very good and can do something. Like, just remembering what you and I were speaking about off mic, referring to the spirit as sort of being this kind of kind of slippery slope of a team and uh, just sort of remembering the Red Stars uh, record again them and then sort of looking at these two starting 11s side by side and then uh, looking at Katie Johnson and Savannah McCaskill being integrated together at the same time to start this match we sort of kind of see them kind of in these alternating uh, roles right and I think I was a little curious of what that was going to look like uh, to start this 90 minutes. And uh, honestly, man, the way this match unfolded, I don't think could have been predicted. I think the momentum and the vibes around the wrestlers were very good, right? Start this match, and I think we were going to, we felt like we were probably going to see um, an extend an extension of that and see competitive soccer. But uh, this opening goal in the ninth minute was something that just, I think, immediately just helped set the tone for the Red Stars moving forward for the rest of this match. It was very much like a, we're on a roll right now, and we're not going to stop. And it was very, very dope to see uh, the Red Stars to open up the scoring in this match. It happened, it, it all happened uh, sort of in the in the midfield, of course. You had Morgan Bryan, uh, you know, retain possession of, of this ball, and she finds... Savannah McCaskill, who ends up uh, feeding this ball off to Katie Johnson, and then who ends up feeding this ball through to, to Sam Kerr, who gets a touch on it and then sort of gets in a bit of a, a foot race and then runs into the box and the end of this ball and then just sees, you know, just has the presence of mind to just sort of see Arimazzo and then just for the hell of it chip this ball and it had just the right amount of trajectory and spin on it to where it just looked like it fluttered into the net. It was by no means a trademark Sam Kerr dunk. By no means. It was so, so pretty. 
Yeah, I mean the the and, shot. Uh, I, it was one of those goals where it was like Sam Kerr rules. <laughs> yeah, I, the the shot. It. The thing that was crazy about watching it, I mean, I'm sure this was also true on the stream, but watching it live, the, you had so much time watching it to think, oh, there's no way this is going to find, this is going to go in. Um, and then it did. It was, yeah, it was gorgeous. Um, it was like this very audacious move where she could have, you know, she could have and has in the past or did even later in the game looked for a teammate or tried to shoot it, like, slide it in near post, like she's done both of those things. But, um, yeah, I think it was just early enough in the match that she just thought, why not? And uh, it takes a shot that good to beat Aubrey Bledsoe in the air. Um, and, yeah, it was one of the best goals I've ever seen. Yeah, I just – I I think uh, we did a good job of sort of having this game on – um in the press box as well like via stream you know and like wait thank god for the delay in the stream because like couldn't wait to watch the replay on this goal it was just like it was nice to see a player just want to do that just because she can and it's like why not it's early enough in the game it just sort of uh to try something like this and it was great to see that it just kind of worked out so the red stars immediately found themselves um on top early in the first half. And uh, I want to say really quickly, like credit to the spirit for kind of basically responding to the Red Stars in their play uh, because the, the Red Stars kept up, right? They didn't stop. You had their link of play and their connecting play was there. It was really great to see Savannah McCaskill, who we're about to talk about here for a little bit because we got to see her in this 10 role. And she's a very different type of 10 that we've seen in Chicago when you're comparing it to somebody like Vanessa DiBernardo, who is a bit more of a connector, right? As far as like the link up and then sort of seeing uh, Savannah McCaskill here and seeing her sort of just like getting on this ball or receiving the ball and then just really just taking a shot, like for the hell of it. She had a couple misses here in the first half um, prior to the Red Stars getting their second goal, but it was just really, it was really cool to sort of see, Savannah McCaskill in this role, linking up with Katie Johnson, linking up with uh, Sam Kerr, you know, having Yuki Nagasato also as an option in these moments in the first half, it was incredibly, incredibly dope. And I really liked what we saw to her in this uh, first half. And right around the 20th minute, we were, you know, we're in the press box, so we're sitting uh, sideline. And I guess, you know, if you're, if you're on the side of the spirit, you can maybe have some, some arguments on this, but there was a throw in that took place on, on the sideline here. And it looked at first as if the throw in should have gone the spirits way, but I guess upon review and deflection, it ended up going to for the red stars and uh, Sarah Gordon uh, got in for this, this throw in and gets his throw in inside of this uh, inside the pitch. And it ends up getting to, to Katie Johnson, who was, you know, really involved in a lot of good stuff in, in terms of her off of, off the ball movement and both trying to link up play. I guess to the point where she was attracting a lot of defenders from the spirit. And on this throw-in, she gets swarmed. She gets absolutely swarmed by, it was about three spirit defenders. And 
she ends up performing a back heel pass to a running Sam Kerr who gets on this ball in the box. And when Sam Kerr is in the box, it's very, very dangerous. Uh, lures Aubrey Bledsoe off her line and hits this no pass to Yuki Nagasato, who's just waiting far post. And Yuki Nagasato absolutely yeets this ball into the net. I didn't think <laughs> Nagasato had the ability to dunk, but she absolutely had the ability to dunk. I love that yeeting. I love that yeeting balls in the net is becoming a red star scene. We saw Casey Short do it in Orlando in the 90th minute, and we got to see Yuki Nagasato do it here in the 23rd minute. It was a beautiful, beautiful goal. Tell me what you thought on this goal. Well, I originally thought she had skied it. I I thought that she had It looked like she skied it. I was like, oh, no, she was right there. Um... Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like I was saying when we were setting up setting it up the match. Like, uh, this was a good this game was a good opportunity to kind of see how McCaskill and Johnson have have grown in their roles. Not only you know when they were playing without kind of the first team, but playing with the first team and with someone like McCaskill in particular. Um, she just hasn't had a ton of time with Chicago and she's young. And I think that it's just taken her a little bit to kind of get in the swing of things. And same thing with Kate, you know, with Katie Johnson, who's she's seen, you know, some different limited amounts of playing time and, and just getting all of that working. And I think, um, yeah, the, that whole play, um, the throw in to some very silly defending from the spirit and that back heel and, um, yeah, it was great. It was really, really good. Um, you know, and I think, you know, I just had the thought throughout a lot of that first half, which is just um, when Sam Kerr is playing that well, it's like it's infectious to the rest of the team. And so it's it's not a coincidence that um, she has this incredible goal and then is also connecting with uh, – you know, with, with teammates and, and getting this assist. And just when she's on that higher level, that higher plane um, on the field, it makes not only makes everyone it, – it not only makes the Red Stars – and I have to imagine this was true with Sky Blue too – it not only makes them better, but it makes them more confident. They feel more confident because she just has that, you know, uh, kind of nature. And so I think um, – you saw that from everybody. You had McCaskill taking shots. You had Johnson trying these cool passes. You had Nagasato yeeting the ball into the goal. Um, and yeah, I just think, I think that there was a level of confidence that you don't always see with Chicago, um, especially going forward in that first half. You know. It was really nice because it was like a level for me. It was like a level of confidence, and like also you could see the fun that they right. were having playing this game. Like some of the joy that the moment of joy that was coming out of this game um, were really nice to see. And I feel like in this time, um, during this time of the season for the Red Stars, they're typically a in the playoff conversation, right? If they haven't clinched already, and b when they've been in this sort of playoff conversation. It's for uh, it's this type of like very aggressive and like uh, 
kind of kind of grind it out and grit it out mentality. Like every game is a battle and it didn't feel like this game was a battle. It felt like they were having fun. Yeah. And also playing well and dominating. And that's really, really nice to see, especially because with this Washington spirit team going down two goals in the half, uh, you know, they're a team that came into this match with, you know, a number of games still in hand on this season with the opportunity to still try to maybe sneak into the to the playoffs here. And going down two goals within the first 25 minutes, you know, they absolutely responded in this first half. It was really I, dope to sort of see you know, this team kind of come back and, and still kind of do, do their thing. They had a couple attempts on goal. You know, you're talking about what was around the 30th minute or so. There was a bit of a tangle between Casey Short, Chloe Legarzo, and a penalty yeah. was called. And um, Spears step up to take this this penalty kick, and they've got quite a record when it comes to those. But Alyssa Nair ends up going up against to take this PK, and Legarzo ends up going to take it, and she, you know, Nair guesses correctly and absolutely saves this this PK attempt and keeps it uh two zero. But, you know, for the spirit it they did not let up. They were still looking uh, you know, aggressive there in time and trying to to make to keep this a game. Yeah, I mean I think if you look at the the Washington, like the ideas are good and they have a very good young core and they you know, are still working uh Rose Lavelle back um from injury. She only played forty five minutes. Um they, it all makes sense what they're doing and, and they have an aesthetic that's actually very enjoyable to watch, but it just seemed like, um, they were just getting individually worked down. Like, uh, anytime the, the spirit would do something good, the, a Chicago player would do something a little bit better. Uh, and, and so I think that kind of per, per like perfectly was encapsulated in that penalty where, the Spirit did something good. They got in behind. Um, they had quite a few shots on goal. I think they actually outshot Chicago in this match. And um, Casey Short made kind of an uncharacteristic. She was a little bit um, anxious back there. Got tangled. But, you know, Spirit did something good. Chicago does something a little bit better. Alyssa Nair steps up, reads that the whole way. Um, any savable penalty is not a good one. But, uh yeah, and again, it's the confidence thing, right? I mean, that's another player. Listen, there's another player who um, is playing with a level of authority that um, is is unique to her seasons. I don't think we've ever seen a season at, that she's kind of played with this sort of, um, yeah, I don't know, sense of sense of confidence that she's that we've seen after the World Cup. Yeah, it was it was quite it was quite the half, honestly. And uh, you know, during <laughs> during this half, you know, the rain really started to fall. Like it absolutely opened up, and it just got more and more heavier. And uh, it was a real good time to sort of go into halftime uh, as uh, things kind of got a little bit more kind of slick out there. And you're just kind of like, okay, everybody just uh, get into the locker room, so you just kind of uh, reset. But yeah, you mentioned. Uh, you know, Roosevelt going 45 minutes uh, to open up this uh, second half. She was an immediate 
um, substitution uh, in that second half. So we no longer had uh, Roosevelt, um, you know, to worry about kind of there in that second half because she, she looked, you know, she looked pretty good that first half. Still had the speed there. Uh, she was causing some problems, you know, you know, once or twice, I would say, there uh, in that first half. But Maggie Doherty Howard uh, ended up subbing on for, for Roosevelt there. And, you know, the Red Stars to come out into this second half um, immediately got back to, you know, you know, right back into their, into their, into their game plan. And then you had them in, what was it? Five minutes into this match? Yeah. After the second half, my bad. Uh, Sam Kerr at this point had already matched uh, her, her goal scoring record in NWSL 17 goals with this first goal in this match. Yeah. And she, she, it was her record to have. And so it was her, her record to break and she broke it in this match. And it was none other than your typical vintage style international connection. Right. Uh, Yuki Nagasato uh, gets on this ball and sees Sam Kerr making a darting run and uh, ends up just feeding this wonderful through ball just wide enough and curves enough just for Sam Kerr to get on the end of it. And uh, typical Sam Kerr ends up uh, nutmegging a defender and uh, getting her 18th record-breaking goal uh, in the NWSL. And it was really dope to see that happen. It was really dope to see it uh, happen in Bridgeview in front of all the home fans. And everybody was really, really, really excited for her. And again, just another one of those moments that was uh, really, really full of joy and really cool to see. And just a really, just another one of those just like really nice Nagasato to Kerr type goals. Uh, yeah, I want to, I do want to underline, you know, I was just thinking about this and I think, I think Sam Kerr um, unfairly has this as a reputation for like knocking a bunch of goals on, on less good teams. Um, but I think with the Red Stars and especially what we've seen this year, uh, is, um, when Sam has a good game against a, a, a decent team, like a playoff caliber team, it usually means that Yuki Nagasato is quietly almost having an even better one. And what Yuki does is less flashy than, than Kerr and she doesn't always get the goals, you know, but she's having, it's incredible to me what a renaissance she's had this year, um, She's got eight assists. I think she has either seven or eight goals. I forget. Um, she and those are like and obviously NWSL career highs. But she's found Yuki is such an important player to this team, not just in what she's able to do with Kerr, but um, she trains differently than they do. Um, she's been doing training with Morgan Bryan, which I think is really good for a player like that who maybe needs some alternative methods of training, um, to feel good all the time. Um, Yuki thinks differently than your average, you know, America, America developed player. And, um, you know, I, I say a lot that Morgan Bryan's growth under Chicago is something for the club to be proud of, but I think... Chicago used to be a team, and we, we talked about this a little bit before, but Chicago used to be a team that just didn't have a lot of internationals, um, and they had this very direct American style of play. And it's very cool to see 
not only Sam Kerr thrive here, but to have someone like Yuki Nagasato thrive, that's not a guarantee really at any club in this league to have a Japanese player like that come through and have and, and do so well and like it here so much. Um, so that's something for everyone to feel good about. And uh, yeah, Yuki had another incredible game. Oh, also uh, Sam Kerr's that was a no look, no look shot from Sam Kerr. <laughs> Sam Curry likes to likes to hit you with the psycho. She man. Uh, she plays. I mean, yeah. I mean, we can maybe, you know, if when at whatever point in the future, you know, Kerr moves on from this team, if that ever happens, uh, we can talk about the way she plays soccer like a basketball player. But um, yeah, there's another one. Yeah, no, it's just, I love that the Red Stars love basketball so much. It's a uh, it's pretty pretty dope. Yeah, no, I uh, you know going up in this type of match three goals to zero and then having done it getting that third one so early um in the second half and then again you know no one ever likes to say that weather conditions don't play into a game but guess what they totally do and uh you know it was raining very very hard but i gotta give it to the red stars i feel like they thrive when it comes into that kind of stuff um wind rain sleet whatever right and, uh, you know, they got these these three goals kind of in the uh, crucial points of, of the game. And, you know, for the spirit who came into this match with the type of mentality of being in the playoff hunt and really needing to get points and specifically needing to get wins, because um, I don't think draws are going to do it for them at this point. But to go down the way they did and how they did, especially in that second half, you started to sort of see uh, some of those things come into play, you know, bit of de- maybe a bit of desperation um moves and plays and you know combined with some of the kind of the goofy weather you started to see uh the yellows come out you know for this period you had right around the starting at the 53rd minute you know with the yellow on Nielsen and then the 62nd and 65th with yellows on stop and uh Maggie Doherty Howard so just sort of seeing the yellow cards come out and really poor challenge at one point on, you know, a player like Morgan Bryan for the Red Stars, which like totally sucked to see because, you know, she was down there for a moment, but eventually was kind of laughing it off. And you can laugh about it when it turns out your ankle didn't get right. Cause that's funny that you're okay. <laughs> it's funny that you're okay now. Like it's, it's all good, but it's like, yeah, like when you're playing in this kind of weather, you know, stuff like that, you, you get a little nervous when those, when those moments, um, it kind of happened, but, for the Red Stars, you know, it was looking like they were going to go ahead and um, kind of close out this match. Level of play kind of changed a little bit, you know, as the as the winding minutes kind of came down here. But in the 80th minute here, the Washington Spirit went ahead and pull, pulled one back. You had a left foot shot from Mal Pugh hit the back of the net. And uh, that was after Sam Staub was able to, to feed her this ball. Um, hard to tell if it was combination of miscommunication between um, Nair in the back line or just sort of mispositioning and or the literally the rain or just the fact that the Red Stars were up already by three goals and uh, maybe you're just sort of thinking like, hey, let's just put Nick out of this goal, which I don't really blame them for, you know, like happening to, to let a goal in at this, at this late in the game. I, I think, yeah, of course, you always want the shutout, but I think all things considered – it felt like at the 80th minute, this game was a kind of a wrap. What did you think on uh, Mel Puzo there? Yeah, Sorry. I mean, I think it was a pretty. I mean, it was a. It was 
in a way, you know, if you look at uh, the way the, the game kind of played out statistically, um, I thought it was great for the Spirit to get one back. I think Mallory Pugh's a great player. Um, yeah, I mean, it was tough conditions. Uh, there were some frustration fouls from the Spirit early on in the second half, um, especially after that third goal from Chicago. Um, I will say, and, you know, I, I only bring this up, it's going to be less it's going to be less relevant going into a semifinal because um they're going to have a bye week but um i would say i i thought that julie ertz looked kind of tired on saturday um she was still very good she's still julie ertz um she just looked you know out of everybody um she looked a little bit worn out and she had a couple giveaways there that were a little bit uncharacteristic and um uh, but when I say that, I don't say that for it's not something to be concerned. I think if you look at the psychology of this game, the game state, you know, um, the game state when they gave up that goal was that it was late in the game with terrible conditions. They just didn't want to get hurt. Um, and, you know, I don't think there was ever any danger of uh, of Washington really coming back. But um, yeah, definitely not a hey, we're going to lose this game in the last 10 minutes kind of vibe. Right. Just, just not. No. Just not and, then, and then after they conceded, they just collapsed in for like 10 minutes and were just like in full like fuck it mode. And they were just, they just, you know, they bunkered for 10 minutes, which honestly, again, in those conditions, that's as good of a response as any. You know what I'm going to, you know what I'm going to chalk it up to? I'm going to chalk it up to Zoe Gorowski because she <laughs> came out right <laughs> She came out right after this goal, and boy, you know, she had one job and one job she only. She said, we're wrapping was, it up, folks. That's just to run real hard and run real fast. Yep. If you thought that we were going to slow down, we are not. Look at how fast I am. She, uh, yeah, she definitely came out of that uh, the 10 minute impact sub and uh, helped run some things down for sure. Her and uh, President Brooke Elby. Yeah. They, both came, they came out for Nagasato and uh, for Johnson. So, um, yeah, no, I thought it was a, a pretty solid all-around team performance uh, for the Red Stars, uh, all things considered. You know, we had mentioned earlier at the top of this episode uh, about Rory Dames, some post-game comments um, when he was asked about um, the injury report coming into this match, but also just in general, just the, you know, the physical state and the mental state of his team right now, you know, have you come off of that that really hectic week with the uh, three matches in the span of eight games. And he just, you know, outright said that, you know, the team, yeah, that they're tired, you know, but that the mentality is to, you know, push for the playoffs and try to clinch and um, that they are definitely looking ahead to the bit of a bye week that they have. And uh, very much a, uh, we can sleep when we're dead kind of vibe. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, they definitely got the job done uh, that night. The, I guess the celebrating had to, be held off because again, there were so many different matches uh, taking place specifically on Saturday evening throughout NWSL. And uh, it wasn't until the results came in from some other matches when it was official that the Red Stars had um, indeed gone ahead and uh, clinched their playoff spot. And as of uh, right now, before we head into this preview of Utah Royals and this upcoming uh, match weekend, uh, the Red Stars are sitting in second place right now in the NWSL table. And as of right now, that puts them in a position to potentially, right, host a playoff match. But there are some games remaining for a number of teams. 
Uh, the Red Stars have one uh, one in final regular season home game that's happening this weekend against Utah Royals. And you have Portland Thorns FC who sit behind them with 39 points. And then you have Utah Royals FC and Rain FC sort of vying for positioning right now for that fourth and final seed at 31 points apiece. So looking ahead, Claire, um, the Red Stars, while we're talking about some of the postgame stuff that came out of uh, this this match in the mix zone, uh, the mentality, the, the whole mentality of just sort of getting through the rest of these games and just sort of waiting to take on that semifinal. They've got one game left to sort of secure things or lock yeah, things up. Yeah. Um, they should win this game. Uh, the same way that we said that they should win against Washington. Um, you know, the last two years in a row, uh, Chicago has lost their regular season finale after clinching. Um, one of which was, uh, due to some, I think ideas about rest. Um, last year, I think it was just a little bit more of a mental letdown. Uh, and the difference is that Utah, depending on how their game, which when this comes out tonight goes, uh, you know, they'll know a lot more about their playoff future, but, um, if Chicago wins this game, they have a very realistic chance of, hosting a semifinal. Um, if they win this game, Portland has to get, they have to win both of their uh, final games. And um, I think you and I agree that we're about at the point to start talking about what Chicago needs to do to win their semifinal. And I think despite the fact that they've played very well at home um, this year, if they are going anywhere, they're going to be going to Providence Park, and they don't play well there. So um, it would be helpful for them if they could they could secure this. Yeah, really unique position that the Red Stars sort of find themselves in. Uh, we both know, you know, having covered the team pretty closely this season, that you know that was one of their goals. You know, in the off season, I know we were to go cover them in the preseason um, event in Portland, and that was one of their goals. You know, they wanted to run the table as you run the table, especially in a world cup year and, you know, get back to the playoffs. Uh, but specifically they wanted to put themselves in a good position to potentially host, uh, a home, a uh, home field advantage. And, um, with one game remaining, you know, they still can try to position themselves to do that. And, uh, you can't, it sounds like they're going to need a little bit of combination of, you know, yeah, doing their job and getting a final win and, you know, maybe a little bit of luck in some other um, in some other areas. So uh, we'll see what happens for, for the Utah Royals uh, specifically. They're going to be coming into Bridgeview this weekend on Saturday the 28th. And the, they're going to be coming in um, on a bit of a hell week of their own. Actually, they're going to be coming in on short rest. Um Claire, as you mentioned, depending on uh, when you're listening to this episode, as of our recording, this match is going to be taking place tomorrow evening. It's going to be taking place on a Wednesday. And uh, they're going to be going up against uh, Rain FC, which is a bit of a battleground kind of game for them as well. You know, these two teams are, are locked in at 31 points apiece. It's a midweek game, and then they have to try to get a result there. And then they have to come into Chicago on short rest and try to get another result against a, a pretty streaking Red Stars team right now. 
Yeah, they weren't planning on being on short rest either. That's a rescheduled match. Um, it's bad for Utah because Utah has to be in Tacoma on a Wednesday and then in Chicago on a Saturday. Um, that's not great for them. That's, for, you know, across the country. Um, it's probably not great for the rain either because they're less likely to have Megan Rapinoe available. Um, yeah, they're going to be tired. Uh, Vera Boquette and... Kristen Press have been on Utah's injury report in the last week. Uh, they will not be for this particular midweek game, but we don't know um, at this moment how that's going to affect their availability against Chicago. Um, and yeah, it, it's uh, it's going to be tense. You know, I think even you know, <laughs> Rory said uh, the, his little kicker, his little kicker at the end of his at, at the end of his mix zone after the Washington game was that he think it might be he thinks it might be uh, there might seem, he said there's going to be some emotion on the field, um, which I think is fair. It's going to be the first time Kristen Press is back uh, at at SeatGeek um, playing for a different team, so a little bit of history there too. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, um, yeah, in terms of club play, yeah, it's going to be the first uh, game back for Christian right, right, right. Press uh, as, a, as a member of the Utah Royals, you know, since since her return back to NWSL from, from Europe. And, uh, you know, she did make a, a pit stop here with the U.S. national team during their right. She Believes Cup uh, performance. And that was pretty dope uh, for people who went to that game. You know, she got a great... She got a great response and ovation um, from from the crowd then, and I don't imagine it would be much different um, this this year. I for whatever reason, I think there's a really big misconception of like people's feelings about Chris and Press and the Red Stars, but uh, yeah, it's a lot of good vibes over here. There's a lot of people who in Chicago who basically still got a lot of love for Chris and Press, so I always think that that's kind of funny, and I also think it's kind of funny just sort of like how people. Um, kind of like also pit Chris and Press like versus Chicago, which is funny because it's like she always showed the city a lot of love when she was here. So I always thought that that was really, really kind of funny too. So it's gonna be it's gonna be dope to see. I'm really excited to actually see Vera Boquete again. I know we got to see her very briefly in the last time in the last match that the Utah Royals uh, came to Bridgeview, and it was sort of in the absence of you know the U.S. players as they were on a victory tour match. Um, but getting to see Vera Boquete play like live and in person was, was pretty dope. And uh, again, we don't know what, what's going to happen um, in their midweek match here against the rain and how things are going to look and where players are at specifically when it comes to their, their, their fitness, you know, and, and sort of maybe nursing some, some nagging injuries to, to close up the season. Um, but, you know, if you've got somebody like Vero Boquete and you've got somebody like Chris Press on your team, you know, you're, you're going to compete like hands down. So, so it's it's going to be quite the game. I think it's going to be a good game to to close out the season for for both of these teams, um, you know, especially for the Royals, depending where they're at, and you know, for the Red Stars, depending on you know what they have to maybe look at themselves heading into to match week. And there's going to be some results that happen, and maybe they're going to say, hey, we really gotta we really gotta win this game and make sure that we, you know, lock up a potential, you know, uh, home field advantage. So we'll we'll see what happens. I think for players for the Red Stars. Um, in this match that I would like to have an impact. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I feel real strongly about this, the back line, man. We, uh, I asked Rory Dames and <laughs> asked Rory Dames in the post game and, you know, just sort of, just sort of asked that, um, 
you know, this particular personnel that have made up the back line, you know, have, has been his go-to, you know, for the last several games. And with one game remaining, if this is, this is going to be the back line moving forward. And he just very coyly said, you know, we'll see. So uh, I would, I would still like to see this same personnel roll out. And uh, I would like to see, you know, I wanted to see what they could do against, you know, an offense that consisted of like a Lagarzo, a Lavelle, a Mel Pugh, a Shayna Matthews, you know, I definitely want to see what this backlight can do against an Amy Rodriguez or Roberto Bocate or Kristen Press. So for me, I, I really want, I want the backline to, to have an impact in this match. Uh, who do you want to do some damage this match, Claire? Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. First of all, I think you're right. I think, um, the potential of press and Rodriguez, um, they will present a playoff like test, um, which is good because it's kind of like when we were talking about with the spirit, um, you know, Chicago passed that test. They played a much better offense than, um, than they had been playing the prior week. Uh, Utah is going to be kind of its own, you know, uh, challenge. Um, who do I want to play? Well, I mean, I got to say, again, it didn't work out this last time, but I have to say Vanessa DiBernardo, right? They've got one more game. Yeah. No one is benching her. If she can play, she plays. Right. Um, but that is the final piece where theoretically they could just not be quite melded, you know? Um, not necessarily because they don't know each other. They all know each other really well, but just with, like, current form, you know? Um DiBernardo doesn't have any current form right now because she hasn't played in two weeks. So, um, yeah, I need her to be feeling good. I'm, I'm sure, you know, obviously they want her on the pitch, and I don't disagree with that. Um, but getting her worked back in is, like, high, high, high priority. Yeah, no, for sure. I would agree. I agree with you last week when, you know, we thought that there was a possibility that she could have been made available you know, it gets a spirit. It turns out for precautionary reasons, they, they killed that, shot that down. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. If she ends up, if Vanessa DiBernardo ends up being off the IR uh, for, for this week's match, um, she's definitely got to go, man. Um, you know, a lot, of t- a lot of times that we've seen um, during this season when it comes to maybe listing players on as questionable, that's, that's kind of maybe just a euphemism for, you know, limited minutes. And, uh, you know, even if it's something like limited minutes, like, got to see, I think, Vanessa Bernardo get this match in, this last match in specifically with the Red Stars, because they've got a long, long time off before they get to their playoff. You're talking the weekend of October 19th and October 20th, and this game is taking place on the 28th. So unless, um, you know, there's going to be a sprinkle of U.S. Women's National Team friendlies in celebration of the Victory Tour. So one the of them's US, gonna be here. One of them will be here in Chicago, and that's going to be dope. And um, you know, so with the exception of obviously the US World Cup um winning players on the Red Stars, they're going to obviously begin um getting some time in with camps and stuff like that. And potentially, we don't know yet, maybe there might be some other people. We saw Casey Short get a call in, you know. Um, so who knows what's going to happen with there. If maybe she gets another one or, or someone else gets another one. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But for the majority of these players, they will have had a lot of time to sit and think <laughs> about the playoffs. So, yeah, I'm 100% with you do there. You know, do you know if Australia is playing during that international break? They're not, right? No games till November? Not till November. Yeah. 
not till not till November. Good. So. I fully support that. I think that's very, very good. I think those players should only be playing club games and not adding anything on top of that until the season's <laughs> over. Yes, I agree as well. <laughs> I agree as well. That is a very good decision uh, by the Australian Federation. <laughs> let them sleep. Yeah, no, so we'll, we'll yeah, we'll see. So 100% in agreement with you about Vanessa Bernardo. If she's off that IR, got to get this game in, right? And um, yeah, don't know um, don't know what the plan is going to be as far as, you know, keeping the, the players engaged and um, keeping them active and stuff in preparation uh, for the playoffs. But it's exciting to sort of uh, get here, right? Here we are. We're getting to this final week for the Red Stars in NWSL history. And it just, it feels like we just, you know, we were just doing preseason stuff just a you know few weeks ago but you know september october's around the corner and uh the rest of us have clinched the playoffs for a fifth consecutive row and uh everything feels right in the world it yeah, feels, feels it should have been feels very very good uh have covered a red covered a red stars team that's given us a lot of wins and definitely given us some losses to to talk about we don't know what draws are anymore that's cool and uh, we'll see what happens. What if they draw uh, Utah? Against the Utah Royals. <laughs> hey, man, congrats. It's a result. True. <laughs> <laughs> hey, congrats. It's a, a point's result. a point. Point is a point. No bitch-assness. Get some points, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> Claire, where can the people find you in your work? Uh, oh, man. The season's really almost over, isn't it? Um. Yeah. I'll be writing about at least two more games uh, at Hot Time in Old Town. Uh, you can find my work at The Equalizer. Uh, and, yeah, that's it. I'm out here. Yeah, just listen to the podcast. Listen it's to the podcast, good. yeah. Yeah, we do love this podcast of ours. Uh, yeah, same, z's for me. I also do stuff on Hot Time in Old Town. Shout out to The Equalizer. Shout out to SecondCitySoccer.com. Uh, shout out to this podcast. Uh, shout out to my Twitter if you feel like following that. At Sandra underscore. That's H E R R E R A underscore. But uh, if you don't feel like reading recaps or previews or key points in the game or any of that other stuff that Claire and I write, you should absolutely continue your support of the Southside Trap podcast, the podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. And you can do that by following us on all social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. And you can listen to us on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes. So go ahead and find us, uh, subscribe to us, give us a like, give us a rating and a review. Uh, that stuff helps us out tremendously when uh, producing Chicago Red Stars content for you all. And uh, we'll be back next week with a recap of Utah Royals FC. We'll see y'all soon. Bye.